0: Welcome to October. September has come to a close. Most teams have had the opportunity to get at least four games under their belts, develop an identity, and been able to establish whether or not they're contenders. September was the audition. Now it's time for the big show. Oklahoma fans are well versed in consequential Octobers. In the year 2000, the Sooners defeated number 11 Texas, number 2 Kansas State, and number 1 Nebraska in back-to-back contests on their way to the national championship. That run of games was coined Red October, and is probably the most memorable three-game stretch in Oklahoma football history. On the flip side, OU has seen their share of national title hopes dashed in October. The Sooners have lost their first game of the season in October as a top-ten team eight times since 1999, as well as five of the last eight years they haven't made it out of october undefeated since the 2004 season the year they got blown out by usc in the national championship that's 13 years for anybody who cares now i think any normal observer would admit that november contains ou's two most potentially difficult games back-to-back weeks against perennial top or against potential top 10 oklahoma state and tcu however it will be this month of october that sets the tone for the rest of Oklahoma's season. At home against a sneaky Iowa State team, the Cotton Bowl against a battered Texas team, on the road the next week in Manhattan, and then finishing up with the tougher-than-expected Texas Tech squad in Norman. If the Sooners are to be taken seriously as national title contenders, they must come out with their heads on fire. No more two-lane first quarters or Baylor-type games in general. If they don't bring the focus and intensity in any of their next four games, the month will end in disappointing familiarity for Sooner fans. Month one is over. It was fun, but now it's time to turn it up a notch. Welcome back, October. You were sorely missed. Let's go. I'm Grant Benson. This is West of Everest.
1: And a reverse the flea flicker, Mayfield down the field, wide open and it's caught,
0: off to the races and a touchdown for the Sooners, from 75 yards out, it's Dimitri Flowers, the tight end H-back.
1: Dimitri Flowers, perhaps the most popular Sooners player on this podcast, aside from Baker Mayfield, with the 75-yard touchdown catch back on November the 7th, 2015 against Iowa State. Flowers was so wide open, there wasn't even a Cyclones player in the television frame when Flowers caught the pass from Mayfield. OU went on to beat Iowa State that night, 52-16. to And with that, let me welcome you into another edition of West of Everest. I am Lee Benson. You heard my brother Grant at the start of the show with the opening take today. And we're thrilled to be back previewing an upcoming OU game after the Sooners had a bye last week. Iowa State is up next for OU. And Grant, you and I have watched more Cyclones tape than we probably needed to in preparation for this week. And I'm ready to
0: break down this matchup. How about you? I have watched a lot of Iowa State tape today. And you are correct. More than I ever thought I ever would in my entire life, to be honest with you.
1: Nice opening take, by the way. It does... It's nice to be to bring back memories of that two thousand October when I know you went through that gauntlet of games against uh, what was it Kansas State Nebraska and Texas. Uh, it, was, no. uh, it was
0: it was it went it went Texas Nebraska Texas first, or it yeah. went Texas Kansas State Nebraska.
1: Yeah, that was a. Uh, I mean, even though you and I were, were fairly young at the time, I, I know you and I certainly remember that uh, vividly and that remember was an, it fondly. Yes. Yeah, that was fantastic. So anyways, uh, Grant, this game this Saturday, game number five this year for OU. And for the first time this season, the Sooners are playing a team they saw last year that looks pretty similar to the team they saw last year. Lincoln Riley even admitted Monday at his weekly press conference that he and the coaching staff have a little better feel for the Cyclones personnel compared to the other teams OU has faced so far this season. So I got to ask you, Grant, to start the show, coupled with the familiarity with ISU and the bye week, will the Sooners be more prepared for this game compared to all the others so far this year?
0: I mean, I, I would like to say I hope so. Um, but honestly, you never really know what you're going to get, um, especially coming off of a bye week. Um, and you got an 11 a.m. kickoff against a team that's generally in the basement of the Big 12. Um, so so I would like to think that regardless, they'll come out focused and ready to go but you know, I'm I'm not a fortune teller. I don't really know. You know, it, it, we'll see. I, I you know, I, I stand by what I said in my opening take that if they if they do come out flat, um, they're going to have some problems. Um, this is not this is not uh, you know the same Iowa State of the last you know two or three years. This this team has has some horses. They're they're capable.
1: I do think Oklahoma will come out more prepared for this game than they have been for any other game, and it's it's based on. The, The stuff that I already brought up with the familiarity with Iowa State, the bye week, and then also the fact that the Baylor game did not go so well for the Oklahoma defense, so they're going to be even more motivated to come out and look better than they played against the Baylor Bears. And also, too, just on Monday when Lincoln Riley was talking and when Baker Mayfield were talking, both of them continued to talk about how the mentality of Oklahoma has been one week at a time, having that championship mentality, and that's why the seniors have been able to win, I think, 17 Big 12 games in a row, because they do take things one game at a time. And I know that's the biggest cliche in all of sports, but it's a cliche because it, it's important. It's important that teams don't get too far ahead of themselves, and both Lincoln Riley and Baker Mayfield acknowledge that just because Oklahoma is ranked number three in the country and everybody thinks they're pretty darn good this year. They're not going to overlook a team like Iowa State. And they're not going to overlook a team like Baylor, even though Baylor did not not go the way a lot of Sooners fans, the way you and I thought it would go. So I do think Oklahoma will be pretty darn prepared for the Cyclones this Saturday. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the Oklahoma offense against the Iowa State defense to start the show. And here's the first question I have for you, Grant. We start with that OU offense matching up against that ISU defense. And based on what I've seen on film, Grant, I got to tell you, this is a complete mismatch. Grant, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I don't really see any sort of um, scenario where, where the Sooners struggled to move the ball. Um, I, I suppose I could, you know, if they just come out flat. Um, but that's a, you know, I, I was watching the game from last year, actually, Lee, and that's that's exactly what happened. The OU offense came out completely flat um, against Iowa State, and they still scored 38 points, and you know, really for the most part outside of a few drives move the ball kind of it will um I, I if they were to come out flat i i would assume it it'd be something similar to last year when they when they absolutely did come out flat on offense
1: i will say this i didn't watch all of that ou iowa state game from last season i watched like the first quarter and oklahoma's offense actually came out pretty strong I mean you said they came out flat I mean the, the fact that Samaj P. Ryan was out Joe Mixon was out Dimitri Flowers was a great had a great game no surprise there I mean another reason why we had him at the top of this show is because it seems like Dimitri Flowers always comes up big but the offense looked pretty good I mean the only time they didn't score when I was watching again just the first quarter it was uh, a weird play where Iowa State was able to tip the ball to Baker Mayfield's hands or on a pass and they intercepted it and, uh, but other than that, I mean, OU was moving the ball in chunks. Uh, in that game, the Iowa State defense, from what I saw, it looked like they were playing a, a little bit more press coverage, at least in that first quarter, than I saw Iowa State playing last week when the Cyclones played Texas. And I watched all of that Iowa State-Texas game, and Iowa State's defense, for the most part, played really well. And it was one of those things where I was watching the game and I was thinking, okay, is this Iowa State's defense actually looking pretty darn good and more uh, a little more more formidable than we thought or is this Texas's offense being atrocious and the more i watched the game the more i decided that it was more of Texas's offense being really bad and and Iowa State's defense did its job and i feel bad for that unit because they slowed Texas down for the for most of the entire game almost basically the entire second half and most of the first half it was just the Iowa State offense ended up letting down the Iowa State defense which we will talk about here in a little bit but yeah I it's hard for, for me to imagine Iowa State's defense really putting up much of a fight against Oklahoma's offense
0: yeah and Lee what I what I mean when I when I say they came out flat last year I don't mean they came out and just imploded that clearly wasn't the case I, I I'm more of just talking about little things uh, for instance in the in, in the first half they they uh, To put it light, the offensive line really had really had trouble protecting Baker. You know, he was running for his life back there in the first half. Um, There, you know, they they were getting chunk plays, but on a play-to-play basis, receivers for the most part weren't running open Um, from from the running back position last year. I thought the most obvious thing it just jumped out on tape. Now that we know it, at the time, I think we were all a little in the dark, but. Abdul Adams was clearly injured. He he just it, it's it's crazy if you watch Abdul Adams in the first quarter of that Iowa State game last year and then just compare him to how he looked against Baylor. It's night and day. Uh just how much how much quicker he looks now, how much faster he looks. He was obviously injured last year. I think uh, that was one of the reasons why a lot of people we're, were kind of low on them coming into the season, but yeah, it was just um, the interior of the offensive line was struggling with with quickness up front from Iowa State for the first couple quarters. Baker was running for his life. He um, Abdul Adams m- missed a block on a blitz pickup that uh, Baker got popped, and he also threw a pick because of it. They just they just looked flat, um, and they they looked clearly you know superior to you know to Iowa State physically, and you know any other aspect of the game just you know physically uh but that doesn't you know that doesn't mean they didn't come out kind of sleepy and they did it looks like you know the offense last year looked like they came out and they were playing iowa state on a thursday night a one in seven iowa state team on a thursday night um and that's exactly what happened so talking about the iowa state defense again both of us kind of think
1: this is a mismatch if we're talking specifically the iowa state defense going up against the oklahoma offense and to be fair A lot of the teams in college football, when faced off against the Oklahoma offense, it's going to be a mismatch because Oklahoma's got the best offense in college football. The Sooners just are the best offense in college football. So whenever you face a team like Iowa State, who comes into this game, Grant, allowing almost 25 points per game, Iowa State is ranked eighth in the Big 12, 108th nationally in pass defense, and they're... uh, you know, they're allowing 115 yards per game on the ground. That's that's actually good enough for third in the Big Twelve. So I guess in theory, Iowa State's rush defense, not bad. It's it's pretty good. But uh, you know, when when the stats are so one sided for Iowa State being on the mediocre side and then Oklahoma stats are so strong being on the positive side, it just it's make it makes it difficult to see how Iowa State's gonna be able to have the horses to stop Oklahoma. I will say this though, Baker Mayfield mentioned that uh, Iowa State is a team that is tough. He, he, he thinks Iowa State is a team, compared to others in the Big 12, that that he likes their toughness. And, and also Lincoln Riley mentioned that the strength of Iowa State is that secondary, which you look at the stats and they've given up a lot of yards through the air this year, you think, hmm, okay. But I think Lincoln Riley was mentioning more so that the secondary is, is experienced. And um, it's one of those things where if Oklahoma just comes out and uses that bye week to to its, its benefit, and is sharp, and doesn't make any weird mistakes. Oklahoma should be able to move the ball pretty well.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I see no reason why that shouldn't be the case. I um, I, I do want to bring up uh, you bring up where they are in pass defense. Um, I, the the one game um, I I did watch the uh, the, the Texas Iowa State game um, from last week. Um, I, I wasn't watching it closely. I, I was just watching it live as just a college football fan. Um, uh, yeah, Texas's defense looks good like against Iowa State's offense. I thought Iowa State's defense did look pretty good. I don't. I think we have no idea how you know how good Texas is uh, on offense though. So I, I think we kind of have to hold our tongues about that one but but one of the things I, I do want to mention though about their game against Iowa from this past year which is a game that I did watch today um, in its entirety is that uh, Iowa State's defense allowed um, Iowa's quarterback Nathan Stanley to throw for 333 yards five touchdowns um, no interceptions Lee Nathan Stanley has not thrown for more than 200 yards in any other game this season um, and that includes uh, game. Wow! That includes that includes games against Wyoming and North Texas. Um, yeah, yeah. He's so. not he's not a very good
1: quarterback. The the few times, the couple times I've watched him, I watched him a little bit in that game, and then of course I watched a lot of that Penn State Iowa game. Mm-hmm. He's not a very good quarterback. No,
0: and I, I guess I it, let's just say I, Iowa had a lot of guys running open um, against Iowa State's defense that I saw, and and I I think we all know that Iowa is not really known for a you know for a high flying air, you know, aerial assault uh, attack on offense. Um, so I, I think that is something to keep in mind, you know, if, and of course, you know, they didn't really give up anything through the air against Texas last week. So, you know, everything has to be taken with a grain of salt. But I, I think if you, if you really do, you know, if, if you do want it, they're going to kind of have whatever they want through the air against Iowa State, I would assume.
1: Keep in mind that Iowa State's defense allowed 44 points and nearly 500 yards of offense at home to Iowa who's ranked 103rd in the nation in total offense. And that and and that's a rivalry game where obviously Iowa State came in prepared and ready to go. It's not like they were surprised by some lower tier team and you you chalk it up to oh wow, they just didn't think that that uh, this team would be a, be much of a fight, and they kind of surprised them. No, I mean Iowa State should have been ready for this game at home against Iowa, who was favored.
0: And and I know I I don't, I don't know if you can always play that game. You know the transitive property game with, you know these guys played these guys and this is what happened. Uh, you know sometimes in a game like that, you know rivalry rivalry games get weird sometimes. And sometimes you know it's just a flow of a game thing. You know and that's just kind of how the game went. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily you know predict. You know, pr- predict future outcomes. So, you know, it's I, I think right now it's not something that we should put you know all of all of our stock in saying you know this happened. So the Sooners are certainly you know throw for you know nine thousand yards and sixty touchdowns, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I don't think we can do that, but it is something that we can kind of tuck away, and and you can point to that and say, well, they have proven to be leaky in the past, um and you know any any defense that has proven to be leaky in the past going up against the best you know the best offense the best passing attack in college football you know that 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 could be a problem for Iowa State's defense it could be you know maybe
1: and so going back real quick before we start talking more specifically about the Oklahoma offense and the players on OU Iowa State's defense against Texas did not do anything out of the ordinary in that game I mean they they didn't really play a whole lot of press man coverage they played a lot of the zone a lot of they, they played a lot of 3-4 whenever Texas spread things out. They also played a little 4-3, but the defensive backs gave Texas a lot of cushion, and I, I just don't, I mean, that's not going to work against Oklahoma at all. So I'm curious to see if Iowa State's going to ch- change things up against Oklahoma, and especially since Iowa State's got a couple extra days to prepare since they played on Thursday last week. You know, they have a little bit more time to prepare. It'll be interesting to see what Iowa State does defensively against the Sooners because what... Iowa state did against Texas that worked really well is not going to work against Oklahoma. So grant the next thing I want to ask you as far as Oklahoma's offense goes, what do you think we're going to see as far as the running back position goes? Do you think we're going to see a heavy dose of Abdul Adams and Trey sermon yet again? I mean, are these the two guys you think that are going to be the main guys going the rest of the way? Yeah,
0: I think they've separated themselves as, as, as the two feature backs of the offense. Um, Having been said that, I don't know if I'm comfortable predicting exactly what the rotation is going to look like on Saturday, because you know, it's, it's proven up to this point to be a mystery. And I have no idea Um, who, who would have ever thought that, you know, after his performance, um, you know, against Ohio state, that we would, you know, we wouldn't see Trey Sermon until the fourth quarter um, against Baylor. So I I really don't know. I I assume it's mostly just going to be Adams and Sermon with Adams, you know, being the main guy. And um, Lincoln Riley did say at the end of that Baylor game, that it wasn't necessarily planned like that to have Trey, coming in the fourth and just take it over it was just a flow of the game thing and it just turned out that way i don't necessarily know if i buy that um but i I think we'll get kind of a better idea of of what lincoln riley is thinking for that rotation on um on on saturday you know more more evidence to to point to where they're going since iowa state's
1: actually okay against the run and pretty physical up front and a team on defense that Lincoln Riley, Baker Mayfield, as, as mentioned, is as, as a physical team. I'd be surprised if we didn't see more Trey Sermon early on in the game just because Trey Sermon's more of a physical runner than any of the other running backs for Oklahoma. But, yeah, I'm with you. I I can't predict it's going to be just Adams and just Sermon in this game because there's just too much talent with Marcellus Sutton and even Rodney Anderson. And being back at home now, I, I think – once again, we're going to see all four players probably get, get some touches, and, and obviously one guy is going to probably out-touch another guy, and, and there's going to be probably one player that's kind of on the outs. But it's one of those games where it's it, – it, it. I shouldn't say one of those games. It's still one of those times where even through four games, it's still impossible to predict what's going to happen, and that's a, that's interesting. And also, it's got to be tough for, for defensive coordinators going up against Oklahoma because they don't know what to expect either. Yeah, for, for uh, sure. Yeah, yeah so – I guess moving forward on the running backs, is it going to be a situation like Baylor where we see we see through three quarters a running back not get any playing time and then all of a sudden bust out in the fourth quarter like Trey Sermon did against Baylor? Do you think we're going to see that again?
0: I, I doubt it. I, I that that whole will <laughs> we see yeah, that again the rest of the year? <laughs> I doubt it. That that was such a that was such a weird incident. How how often do you see that? Never. Um, never. So never I guess I, I guess if it happened again, you know I. I don't know if I'd be shocked, but I just—that was just something I don't think I've ever really seen before. As you, you know, you literally had a guy who hadn't even gotten a touch before that coming in the fourth quarter. And he runs for 150 yards and two touchdowns. It's kind of—it's just weird. You just don't see that very often. So, um, you know, are we going to see it again? You know, probably not. I, I think I—if—if if I have to put—if—if if I have to put my predicting shoes on, I, I would say that you know, from here on out, we're we're mostly going to see Adams and Sermon.
1: It's nice to know though that Oklahoma's running back depth is so strong that one or two players won't see a whole lot of carries throughout the game. So that means, although they are on the sidelines, you can make the argument, oh, they're getting cold over there. I mean, they're going to be fresh. So yeah. like when Trey Sermon came into the game, he hadn't played all all game and he was totally fresh and, and 100% conditioned. And that had to have factored into the fact that he factored into him running down Baylor's offense, or I'm sorry, Baylor's defense. And so it's nice to know that Leegan Riley could just turn to a running back if he has to sometimes late in the game, and know that the guy is totally fresh and he, he can he can give Oklahoma potentially an extra spark on offense, which is kind of neat.
0: Yeah, they're they're certainly capable at that position, and they're they're deep at that position. I think it's it, it's crazy how it's completely how how it you know turned out to be one of the bigger question marks, and I and I think it's on. I, I we've mentioned this before. It's it's unquestionably uh, just a, a strength of the team. It, it's a very good. It's 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 a top ten group in the country.
1: So as far as pass catchers go, the wide receiver core, uh, Baker Mayfield had a quote this week talking about how he doesn't really have a go-to player at wide receiver or pass catchers because he has so many guys that he trusts and he's able to spread the ball around to so many different people, which is always a great thing to hear from your quarterback. So here's a question I have for you when it comes to the Iowa State game, Grant. Do you expect to see a, another pass catcher break out against the Cyclones? You know, other than the usual suspects, C.D. Lamb, Jeff Badette, Mark Andrews, and Marquise Brown. Do you do you envision any any other pass catcher having a big game?
0: Uh, no, actually, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna answer honestly, I don't. I, I think we're gonna see more of uh, C.D. Lamb and Mark Andrews and the guys that. That have already kind of started to separate themselves. It'd be great if we saw, you know, Ad Miller come back from the dead or something like that and have a great game, or you know, or, or Michael Jones or um, anyone like that. I mean, that would be great. Um, it's one of those things. I'm, I'm also just not really going to believe it until I see it, though. Um, you know, the the more weapons, the merrier. I, I I would love it if all of them came out and just had great games. I'm I'm, I'm going to be one of those guys this week.ly I want everyone. I just good games for everybody
1: man just on the fence just sitting on the fence aren't gonna take a stand you know i i think there is gonna be at least one pass catcher that breaks out against iowa state and i'm not gonna say his name right now because it leads into my next question for you because it's part of the answer to this question i want you to give me grant you know put those prediction shoes on give me an outside the box prediction for this oklahoma offense against iowa state something that uh doesn't have to be too crazy, but something that maybe we haven't seen a whole lot so far this year that could happen against Iowa
0: State. Lee, I think OU is going to have two 100-yard rushers, and they are going to have two 100-yard receivers, a feat that you actually do not see very often in college football. Oh, wow. Um, And, Lee, if they do that, that would mean that they had a very prolific day on offense.
1: Are you not going to name who you think is going to be uh, the receivers? Well, well, it's going to be Adams
0: and Sermon. It's going to be Lamb. And I'm going to go on a limb and say Bidette. Lamb and Bidette are going to have – Not them. Andrews. Not Andrews. Not Andrews. No, so. I, I think – you know, a- Andrews is a great player. I, you know, we've already – we've seen him, you know, in three games this year. He's really good, but I think he is what he is. I, I don't know if he's ever going to be that guy, who you know, who catches, you know, 10 or 11 balls in a game and just takes over. I, I don't I, – I think he's I, – I think he's an elite safety net. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I was hoping that maybe they would design an offense more around him, but it doesn't – It. Hasn't really looked like yet that that's the case. You know, outside of the first game of the season, um, where it seemed like he he was the focal the, the focal part, uh, point of the offense, um, I, I haven't seen that in the other the other two games he's played. Lee,
1: my outside the box prediction for Oklahoma this week against Iowa State. And you mentioned the first game of the season. Who caught a touchdown pass that first game of the year? Grant Calcaterra, among other players on Oklahoma. I predict that Grant Calcaterra will catch a touchdown pass and have a nice game receiving, and here is why. We found out, at least I found out on Monday during Baker Mayfield's press conference, that apparently Mayfield hung out and went to spend time with Calcaterra's family in California during the bye week. So Mayfield and Calcaterra are are pretty tight. They're, They're pretty close, and so I think that... Calcaterra's family got into Mayfield's ear and chirped him a little bit and said, Hey, you know, Grant's, when he gets into the game, he's going to be open, I think, a little bit more going forward this year. Just kind of keep your eyes on Calcaterra down there or out there. And so that's my prediction to start off, uh, not start off, but now after the bye week, I think Grant Calcaterra is going to have a nice game against Iowa State. I like
0: that prediction a lot. I, I really like it. I. I mean, I'll be I'll be excited if that if, if that turns out the case. I thought you did just a dynamite job of explaining that too. Just wonderful. Oh yeah, you got it. You know what? This is
1: uh, this is high quality podcasting here. Oh, it is. And I also do this for a living, so what can I say? Um, <laughs> so, any other notes regarding the Oklahoma offense that you, you want to bring up? I mean, it's worth mentioning. Cody Ford expected back. He will be back. Lincoln Riley said that. So the offensive line gets a nice little boost with Cody Ford back. So that's cool. Uh, we haven't mentioned um Joe Lanning the quarterback last year for Iowa State now plays middle linebacker for Iowa State that's bizarre have you had a chance to watch much of Lanning play middle linebacker I honestly didn't get his I I didn't really notice him a whole lot against Texas Uh,
0: just just in the Iowa game he's he's okay he's fine Uh, he's it's very clear that he has you know that he's never played middle linebacker at the college level before but he's he's a good athlete he looks big out there he he's uh he he's able to physically overpower some people he's 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 okay. He's fine.
1: And uh, one final thing, and this is in regards to baker mayfield and and this is a show where you and I go meat and potatoes in depth, what's on the field. We don't talk a whole lot about off the field and drama and things like that. And honestly, there hasn't really been a whole lot of, if any, this year, but apparently, Baker Mayfield's getting chirped by local media or you know, maybe even national media as far as getting an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty against Baylor. And, of course, there is the flag planting at Ohio, at, at Ohio State. But, you know, this is stuff that you and I haven't talked a whole lot about because, really, it, it's, it's not really a story as far as I'm concerned. But he was asked a bunch of questions on Monday just about his attitude and, and the way he plays the game. And he was asked a question, and, and I wish I would have got the sound for this, but I did not, but bear with me. Mayfield was asked if he worries that football purists – are getting the wrong message from kind of the way he plays the game or, or, for lack of a better word, maybe his antics. And I love the way Mayfield answered the question. He kind of just shook his head slightly and smiled a little bit. Like, I can't believe I'm being asked this question. And Mayfield said, quote, if they're being soft, they can come on the field. This game is not soft. It's not meant for soft people. It's a violent game, and it's meant to be played with an edge. And he even said some more stuff. So it, it's just – I don't understand this – this storyline of Baker Mayfield kind of being like, and, and and I've heard this guy's name get brought up in regards to Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel. Like I don't understand Johnny Manziel's name being brought up with Baker Mayfield because there's, there really, there's not a whole lot of similarities there. And I think it's kind of ridiculous that he's even taking questions like this at his Monday press conference. Oh, I
0: don't know. I mean, that's, it sounds like just bye week stuff to me. You know, not, not a whole lot to talk about. What else are you going to talk about? Um, I, no, I don't, okay. yeah. I, I can, I, I guess I sure with the Johnny Manziel comparisons, I see a comparison between, uh, you know, their games. I think they play, you know, very similarly, um, in terms of off the field stuff, I, you know, people are going to make a, a big deal out of the, of, you know, the arrest in February, you know, of him, you know being, you know, a, an of age adult who was drunk on the street. That's fine. Being a college student. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was. Know, dumb it, Of course, oh, of course bad. it was a dumb moment, but you know, it's let's it, it's I think it's ridiculous to pretend that that's something that's totally out of, you know, out of the ordinary for someone, you know, you know, at at his stage of life. So, I the whole the whole you're right. The whole stuff's just a non-story. I think it's just something to, for people to talk about when there wasn't a game that week. Um I, I wish more people would would see it, you know, as it is, you know, as, as soon as another game kicks off, no one's going to care about this.
1: Lastly, before we move on to defense, if any Heisman Trophy voters out there and let me preface this, if Baker Mayfield continues to play the way he's been playing the rest of the year, which is phenomenal quarterback quarterback play. And if he continues to play like this up until when the Heisman Trophy is announced and there's some voters out there that honestly don't want to vote for him because of the arrest thing in february or the ohio state flag plant then those people you know who care i guess i i didn't want to say i was gonna say they should have their vote taken away that's that's dumb i'm not going to say they should have their vote taken away but i mean my my whole thing is who cares about those people because they are hacks that is ridiculous because he has played so well this season and he's been unquestionably the best quarterback in college football and i think the best player in college football
0: yeah i mean I, i agree with you i don't really have anything else to add to that
1: Grant and I will talk about the OU defense matching up against the Iowa State offense here in a second. But first, I want to remind you that West of Everest is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you've enjoyed listening to the show, please leave us a rating and a review. All feedback is much appreciated. And I know there's a lot of you out there listening, and, and if you're listening to us and, and you haven't left, left any feedback or a rating, we'd really appreciate it if you did. It'd, it'd be nice to to get us going on in iTunes and getting the ratings up and get us a little more Uh, publicity if you will Uh, we really enjoy doing the show and we really appreciate all of you that are listening if you'd like to contact us you can find me on twitter i'm at lee benson news 9 and grant is at grant benson 25 also you can email the show if you'd like it's west of everest at gmail.com so moving on to the ou defense taking on the iowa state offense this is pretty interesting i gotta say iowa state's going to want to throw the football around grant with jacob park and as, as we all know, he split time with Joe Landing last year. and now Park though is the unquestioned starter for the cyclones. He's got an NFL body, probably an NFL type arm. But Grant, I gotta ask you, how good is Park?
0: I, Lee I, I can't get a feel on him at all um, just based off the two games that I've watched um, last year uh, in that game. I, I just I, I have absolutely no opinion on last year because they they didn't really let him throw the ball downfield. I'd say about seventy five percent of his throws were uh, were screen passes or just you know quick throws, uh, you know you know catch and throw type uh, things. And you know we I, I saw him against Iowa and he looked good. I mean, he's he was hitting open receivers down the field. Um, you know putting a lot of you know putting a lot of force behind the ball. He does. He's got an NFL arm. He looks good out there. He's got an NFL body. Um, but man, I just he he looked so bad against Texas. I he was I mean, it, it was one of the, it was one of the worst quarterback performances I've I've honestly ever ever seen. You know, from a guy who threw it you know close to fifty times. He looked awful. He looked so he, bad. He
1: absolutely killed his team against Texas. He had two back-breaking interceptions, and the most egregious of the two came after Iowa State had cut the lead to 14 to 7 and the defense had gotten the offense the ball back like right away a quick three and out great field position and then he just threw an, an awful pick to a guy who was who was wide open over the middle of the field and he just overthrew him and it just he killed all the momentum for Iowa State and I felt so bad for that Cyclones defense because it played so well against Texas and if if he hadn't made a lot of bad throws in that game Iowa State beats Texas and and they're three and one coming in and, and so yeah I'm with you. I it's yeah. I, I, I lean towards not good, to be honest with you. Like if I had to pick good or not good between Jacob Park, I would say not good.
0: Yeah, but yeah man, he just really seems like a guy who just can come out of nowhere and have a really good game. Um, which is why, which, which is why I I have, I have a twinge of worry about this upcoming game because he does have the ability and he seems like a guy who's just so wishy-washy. He'll be, he'll be so bad one week and he'll come out and just have the game of his life the next week. You know, he, he played really well against Iowa. He was making some good throws um but in that game didn't he have a, a back-breaking pick that set Iowa up for a touchdown
1: and he, that got them back in the game
0: he he did um I actually I was actually just watching that game uh, right before we went on um it it wasn't as bad I actually I, I wasn't watching the game live when that happened about a month ago um I was listening to it on the radio it sounded a lot worse on the radio than it was in real life it was actually a defensive lineman who picked it off it was actually a really good play. Um, I don't know if there was really anything he would have been able to do for it. Uh it was like a it was like a middle screen. Um he threw off his back foot and he didn't really put a lot of gas on it and a defensive lineman who was being blocked by an offensive lineman actually jumped in the air and picked it off. It was a really good play. Um but yeah, I mean sure, he he, he played well against Iowa, but I I just I cannot I can't get the Texas game out of my head. He was so bad. He wasn't particularly impressive against Oklahoma. He made he made one really nice uh, throw last year against OU. Um, it was a it was a perfect back shoulder twenty five yard touchdown pass um, on Jordan Parker. Um, other than that, though, I, I just I didn't really get to see what he could do because they didn't really take the chains off of him at all or the leash off of him at all um, last year. So apparently they have this year, seeing as that you know they let him throw the ball fifty times against Texas last week and they only ran it ten right. times, which was insane.
1: Right, that's the thing. I was getting ready to say that. Uh, clearly, Iowa State wants to put the ball in his hands because even though he played very poorly against Texas, they continued to throw it, and it's not like they were getting blown out. I mean, they were within a, a one score of that, uh, of Texas in that game for most of the time, and they still, the Cyclones still would not run the ball, which was a bad decision based on the way Park was playing in that game. But I, I, I got to say, though, even though I said if I had to pick between good and not good, I would pick not good, he could... Like like you said, I can I could definitely see Park playing a lot better against Oklahoma because OU, as we all know, Mike Stoops doesn't like the blitz a whole heck of a lot, and Texas blitz like every single play. And when Oklahoma plays Texas, they're going to have to go watch Texas's defensive film and they'll see that the Longhorns blitz pretty much every single play and there's a wide variety and there's some creative blitzes and sometimes they'll only rush four but they'll drop a defensive lineman and blitz a linebacker and it's it's very creative and you can see why Texas defense is actually pretty darn good. But that definitely threw off Park a lot in that game, and it kind of gave him happy feet, I thought, a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. But the fact that Oklahoma doesn't do a whole lot of that defensively does give me pause and makes me worried to think, and here's the next question, should we be afraid that Iowa State's going to be able to do a lot of what Baylor was able to do against Oklahoma through the air? And I tend to think, even though I said literally, what, three minutes ago that Park's not that good of a quarterback or not good – I'm worried that he'll be able to exploit Oklahoma's secondary, even though they've had a couple of weeks off and a couple of weeks to look back at that Baylor film and correct some things.
0: Yep. That's exactly what I was worried too. Uh, especially watching the game against Iowa. I, I saw the team that I saw there is a team that, that is, that is very competent completing forward passes in college football. Um, and that, that always scares me. I, that should scare any team. Um, so I, yeah, it should, it should. Should Oklahoma line up and beat Iowa State in this game? Absolutely. Um, but I, 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 do get weird vibes watching it. Of course, getting you know everyone back healthy on defense is really going to help in this game, um, especially on the defensive Will line. Will Johnson,
1: yep. Robert Barnes, uh, Amani Bledsoe back from the the suspension. Matt Romar possibly. Matt Romar possibly. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like so, I'm missing one other guy, but maybe nah,
0: not. No, no, that's it. So I mean, that's going to help. Um, Another thing I'm, is that, you know, I saw the same thing with Bay- Baylor had some, you know, some talented looking receivers who kind of jumped out on tape and Iowa State is the same. Um, I, Iowa State has one guy back um, who caught a pass in that game last season. It's Alan Lazard. Other than that, um, everyone else who's caught a pass this season is is totally different outside of the running backs. Um, so, and they, they have two really big wide receivers. They go six, five and six, six. Um, they're two, they're, they're two, uh, they're their top two receivers so you know they have they have nfl bodies you know on the offensive side of the ball and you know jacob park for as inconsistent as he's been you know he is capable he it's to, a to, to drop a, a big 12 reference lee here you remember uh skyler howard west virginia's you know quarterback from the last yeah two years? he he was about as up and down as you can get and this jacob park reminds me of a slightly more talented skyler howard oh okay so it's Sky, skyler howard could make some had some really good games and made some really good throws um, and, and at times looked like an incredibly competent college football quarterback. Uh, Jacob Park it seems pretty similar to that at this point in time. I, I just, I, I can't get out of my mind how bad he was against Texas. He was that bad. I mean, th- th- think of the worst, you know, like prominent quarterback performance you've ever seen at the college level. And then think of something worse than that, and that's how Jacob Park was against Texas. He was that bad. Iowa State, while, I was State, mm-hmm. 21 of the 22 guys on that Iowa State, they deserved to win. They played well enough to win that game. Um, and oh, yeah. their quarterback let them down.
1: Yeah, I think that's 100% correct. And it wasn't like he was getting pressured all game long and had hands in his face and was missing, missing guys because he was getting pressured. There was plenty of times, too, where he was able to sit in the pocket, and the uh, his offensive line did a nice job of – of creating some time for him and he was still missing open receivers throwing low throwing high i mean it's just it was it was very scatter shot with Park against against Texas and so when i see Texas defense do that against a, a player like park it makes me think okay if Oklahoma wants to be a team that's a national championship contender This Sooners defense needs to be able to do something very similar to a player like Jacob Park and an offense like Iowa State's. They need to make him uncomfortable, and he's going to throw you the football. He's got five picks so far this year. I think he threw three against Texas, and he's a player that doesn't have the best accuracy. Make him uncomfortable. Play well. Jordan Thomas will have to bounce back from that Baylor game. Parnell Motley, we can... Hopefully, expect like like always him playing pretty well, and then with Will Johnson back there, Stephen Parker. I'm sure Khalil Hotton will get a lot more time too. I mean, the secondary is not bad for Oklahoma, and they need to be able to. I don't want to say the word dominate because that's probably too strong, but definitely shut down for the most part this Iowa State receiving core, and and certainly make it make it hard on Jacob Park because it's they. Iowa State's not that good of a football team, and Oklahoma is a really good football team in theory, and the defense needs to play a lot better than it did against Baylor. And this is a great chance for them to do that.
0: At least make him earn it. Uh, make you know, make Jacob Park have to be perfect. And and you know, in, in that instance, if he does beat you, then just hats off. That's fine. But but force him to be perfect, and I don't I don't think he can be. I think he'll crack under that pressure. He'll and you know, if you do force him to be perfect, he'll throw at least one or two of them to the defense.
1: How much of an impact, Grant, do you think Amani Bledsoe's return will be for the Sooners' defensive line? I I watched a couple plays earlier today. A Bledsoe he he played a little bit last season, and I saw him against Louisiana Monroe. And I get it it's, it's ULM, but he was he dropped back into coverage and like and played coverage on a running back and made a made a nice play, kind of knocking the ball away. And then I saw him get a sack or a half sack against Kansas State. Man, he, uh, you know, I'll be honest. I haven't seen a whole lot of him play, but he's a big body guy that Mike Stoops is really excited about, as long, as well as the rest of the the defense. And he's a player that they have a high hopes for, and I think he's going to be a big boost to this uh, the Sooners defensive line.
0: Yeah, he's a big athletic guy in the defensive line. Anytime, like a big, like elite athletic guy in the defensive line. Um, I'm going to be excited whenever they add someone like that to their defensive line. Um, and admittedly, we haven't seen a lot of Imani Bloodso. He played a little bit last year. Um, I don't think he really had any stats last year. But you're right. I, when, when he was on the field last year, I remember seeing him just because he he stands out out there because he's big and he's athletic. He doesn't he he moves very irregularly for um, someone that size. Um, so I I don't necessarily know if I'm expecting a massive impact out of him. You know, first game back um i'm sure it'll take a while for him to get back sure yeah i'm sure i'm sure he sure will play a whole lot yeah um but he's he's a guy that people inside the program have been talking about for the last year though and and generally when that happens you know when people are whispering saying hey this guy's pretty good that that's typically an indication you know that that there's something there just look at you know what we heard about parnell motley all off season, and then you know we now he's arguably the best player on the defense so uh, we'll see. I, I'm hoping that you know everything. You know everything to be excited about. You know with Imani Bledsoe turns out to be true, uh, because you can never have too many bodies, uh, too many quality bodies on, on the defensive line, and especially once we get into to conference play um, and in the Big 12 when you when you have to rush the passer, and just how valuable it is to rush the passer without having to blitz is is a big deal. So if if you can get a guy like Imani Bledsoe out there who maybe can can rush the quarterback a little bit, I, I just I can't I can't even begin to explain how valuable that is
1: and it's not like he's been away from the team all this time he's been at practice he's been in film he's been around uh, individual drills so he's been able to 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 get all of this practice time in it's just he hasn't been able to get that experience on the field so before we move on to the rest of the show this is the part of the podcast where I ask Grant what do you want to see happen on Saturday when Oklahoma
0: plays Iowa State I I really want to see OU come out and just I I want to see them play well defensively. Um, We're, we're past the point where, you know, uh, barring any injuries, I'm just not really worried about them a whole heck of a lot on the offensive side of the ball. I think they're always going to come out and you you know what you're going to get from them. I I just really want them to come out and play well defensively. Um, Mostly I I really want to see them rush the passer. I, 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 I don't think they they've been as bad rushing the passer. as I think as a lot of people would lead you to believe this year, but they certainly haven't been dominating in that aspect. And, and I would really like them to, you know, to, to see them go out there and just get after, get after the passer. This is the first time they've been completely healthy on defense, you know, minus Curtis Bolton um, since the Ohio state game. So, you know, I, I, I just, I really want to see him get after the quarterback. Cause we saw that with Jacob park against Texas, man, he's going to make a lot of mistakes if they can do that
1: i agree with everything you mentioned i'll add one more i really want to see specifically i want to see jordan thomas play better i want to see jordan thomas bounce back and have a nice game and not look lost like he did for parts of that baylor game uh grant all right finally what will happen on saturday
0: i think we're gonna see the offense come out they're gonna be efficient uh they're gonna be good uh they're they're gonna put up over 40 points and they're you know, they're going to continue being the best offense in the country. I don't think we're going to have any question marks about that. Um, I I think the defense is going to struggle Lee. I I think, I think Jacob Park is going to, is going to carve them up a little bit. Um, I, I expect to hear a a little bit, uh, you know, more of the same this week after this game, as we did, you know, after the Baylor game.
1: I think that Oklahoma will be prepared for this football game. Like we talked about early on in the show, because of the bye week because of the familiarity with Iowa state and, and, I know it was relatively close last year at Jack Trice Stadium, but the year before that it was a blowout in Norman. I think Oklahoma's gonna blow him out again this Saturday. And I really do think that defense, yeah, there's gonna be some some busts. Uh, Park's Park's not terrible. He's gonna he's gonna make some throws, make some plays. Lazard's a nice wide receiver, so it's one of those things where I would say it's gonna make some plays, and we'll see if the Cyclones wanna run the football more because they should have ran it a lot more against Texas, and they didn't. But overall, I think Oklahoma is going to play well and bounce back from that surprisingly close game against Baylor. I say OU wins going away on Saturday, fifty-two to seventeen.
0: Big they come, Twelve play. If, if they come, if they come out and win fifty-two to seventeen, I'll be I'll I'll be pretty happily. That be that be pretty impressive. Iowa, as would I. Iowa as State would I. Iowa State is not a bad team, and if they come out and they they put a spank on them like that, that would be that'd be a very good omen.
1: All right, here's the Big 12 slate in addition to OU-Iowa State. We have Texas Tech, who's a 17-point favorite at KU on Saturday. That's an 11 a.m. kick. Certainly expect the Red Raiders to bounce back from that loss to Oklahoma State and and take care of business against the Jayhawks. Kansas State goes on the road to Austin to face the Longhorns. Texas is a four-point favorite. That's a 6 o'clock kickoff. And then, of course, the big one in the Big 12 – number 23 West Virginia at number 8 TCU and this this line is surprising to me Grant the Horn Frogs favored by 13 over West Virginia and I'll be honest I haven't seen West Virginia play really at all this year I haven't got a chance to watch their film should that be a 13 point line in that game
0: yes yeah I'm I'm fully on board with that one um I so West Virginia's just not very good huh I I mean I don't I don't want to go on and say that they're just they're not good I mean they're fine Um, but but I think I think TCU is a is a top 10 to top 15 type team Um, and and I I don't think West Virginia is a top 25 team they're uh, you know you'll you'll see on Saturday night
1: all right well I don't want to spend too much time on that because we're going to talk mostly during our top 10 because that's normally where we spend a lot of this a lot of time after talking OU on these on these Thursday shows so let's just get right into the top 10 Grant and I believe on my top ten, and you tell me about yours when I'm done. I think I have one brand new team in the top ten this week. What about you? Yep, same. All right, man. I'm I'm curious. I'm I'm guessing it's probably the same team, but I guess maybe not, knowing where I, I, where you are. I
0: actually I actually doubt it. Okay. And in, in fact, I highly doubt it based off of how you just how you just phrased that. Um, so there there is going to be a small little surprise. My my new team is the, is the very is going to be the very first one here. Not the number one team, but you know the number ten team. Right.
1: We start with number ten. So, all right. Well, in that case, since you teased it, go ahead. Who's your number ten team?
0: Leah, my number ten team is Miami, Florida, the Hurricanes. Um, I'm basically just going to throw in um, a, a a team here every single week who I think is not getting a lot of love and I think is really good. Um, this week it's Miami. I think they're good. I don't think they're getting a lot of love. I, I think I think Mark Richt was was one of the best hires. Um, of the last ten years in college football, Miami. That was a that was an outstanding hire by Miami. Um, I, I'm assuming. I know your are number ten uh, team. Lee, tell us. You know it. Well, who do you think it is? I'm, I would assume it's Washington State. No.
1: Oh, it's not. Okay. No, no, it's the same team as last week. as number ten TCU. Oh, okay. TCU is my number. Well. They didn't play last week, and the Horned Frogs. Again, I am. I don't think the Horned Frogs are are all that great they played very well against oklahoma state in a weird game where they were able to dominate time of possession and yeah the horned frogs won in a hostile environment but i i'm not high on tcu but i'll keep them at number 10 so that moves on and it brings me to my number nine team and this is my new team in the top 10 and it is auburn i think auburn Looks pretty darn good now. A dominating win over Mississippi State. Their only loss, Grant, to Clemson, who's definitely the second-best team in the country, and it was at Clemson, and it was close. I mean, Auburn didn't look particularly good in that game, but it's one of those games where if the season, uh, if, if that game was maybe later in the year after Auburn's offense is is played a lot better with with Stidham, maybe it would have been a different story. I don't know. Probably not. Clemson's really good. Maybe Maybe Auburn's offense would have been able to get more than... You know what, six points. But based on the resume, and I know, I know it's just it's just one loss, but it's a loss to Clemson. I'm going to have Auburn in, in in my top ten at number nine.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's a terrible take. I think Auburn's a good team. They're they're right on the uh, on the cusp of my top ten also. So who's your number nine? My number nine is uh, TCU. Um, I I believe I had them at number nine last week too. Um, so they're going to stay there. Um, I believe they were off this past weekly. They were and. Who's your number eight team? My number eight team is Washington. I'm just kind of have them sitting there. Um, they really uh, they have a pretty weak schedule. Lee. They they don't really have too many games of consequence this year. At least not until uh, you know the the late stages of the season. Um, but we know Washington's a good team. They were there last year. Um, they, they 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 brought back a lot of guys from that team. So we we know what we're gonna get from Washington. They're a really good team. At number eight this week, and I
1: want to make sure. It's the same team I had at eight last week, and that is the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan was on a bye, although now that John O'Corn is their starting quarterback moving forward, I think the Wolverines are quite an interesting bunch. I think he's a massive upgrade over Wilton Spate, and I am very much looking forward to watching this Michigan-Michigan State game this upcoming week. So Michigan is my number eight team, and I'll move on to number seven, and that is where I have the Penn State Nittany Lions. Penn State, I believe I had them at seven last week as well, but in the AP poll, the Nittany Lions somehow are ranked number four, which I think is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, everyone knows how I feel about Penn State. I'll talk about them here in a couple uh, couple spots. Lee, my number seven team is Georgia. Georgia, yeah, Georgia. Where would you have them last week? I had them at seven. I, right, I, so. I kept them there. Yep. Um, I, I I think Georgia's really good. Um I, I still have. I, I still am going to have questions about their offense. I, I think if they come up against a a team that has a good defense, I think they're really going to struggle to move the ball. But they're, they're, there's no question their their defense is probably top five in the country. Um, George is a team that's going to be in the top ten probably for the remainder of the season, just based off of a pretty pretty weak schedule playing in the SEC East.
1: Who's your number six team?
0: My number six team is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, I think they're going to keep climbing. they they're not going to lose again the rest of the season.
1: At number six, I have Washington, and you talked about them a moment ago. I'll just add that the Huskies, they just—they don't beat themselves. They're solid. They have a great coach. The defense looks looks like the best defense in the Pac-12. Washington is a team that I finally bumped them up higher. I had them, I think, at nine the last few weeks. I moved them all the way up to six. I think Washington's a good football team because they're not going to beat themselves, and Again, they have that good defense, so the offense is, is also good enough. And the special teams for the Huskies is very good as well, too. So Washington is the best team in the Pac-12. I have the Huskies at number six. On to number five. For me, I have Georgia at number five, which I believe I had the Bulldogs there last week. And uh, certainly didn't expect a 41 to nothing beatdown, but I definitely expected Georgia to dominate Tennessee. And that's exactly what Georgia did. That team is is. Again, I use this word a lot, but that team is very interesting and and I can't wait to see how the season progresses because of course Alabama's the best team in the SEC, but man, Georgia's not going to beat Alabama, but at least Georgia is going to Georgia going to give them somewhat of a game, I think, in the SEC title game later in the year.
0: Well, yeah, because Georgia can line up and stop Alabama. So, I think that's <laughs> they well they they can line up and they can stop Alabama's run game, and that's really that that's basically that's step one for beating Alabama you have to be able to stop their run game or at least slow it down a little bit you know to to, to force Jalen Hurts or their their other freshman quarterback to beat you with their arm that, that's step one and the problem is no one can really do that and then you know after you do that then you have to you know worry about actually scoring on their defense but that's for another daily
1: all right Grant who uh I think you're at number five who's your fifth my team? number
0: five team is Penn State um, I'm putting them here just based off of, uh, because I don't want to seem hacky or anything like that, but I am, I, I'm, I'm just going to keep doubling down. I think Penn state's a fraud, everybody. I, I, I just, I really do. Um, and absolutely,
1: that, absolutely. Yeah.
0: That, that October 21st game, uh, against Michigan is turning into one of my, uh, the game that I'm like most excited to watch outside of OU games <laughs> because I just, because I think, uh, because spoiler it I have Michigan number 4. I think Michigan's a better team. I think Michigan is has the best defense in the country. I think Michigan um, has uh, arguably the second or third best coach in the country. I'm just I'm I'm really excited to see Michigan expose Penn State Lee. I I just I'm so excited to see it.
1: I talked earlier about how Jacob Park killed Iowa State against Texas. Man, Indiana's offense killed them against Penn State this past week. So many turnovers and Penn State was putting Great position over and over and over again. Yet, Trace McSorley and company went three and out so many times in that game. Could not move the football against Indiana. And then they kind of they popped off a couple big plays. I mean, they got a kickoff return touchdown from Saquon Barkley. They got a, a, a muffed punt or a, a fumble special teams touchdown in that game. It Penn State's offense couldn't even accumulate over 400 yards of offense in that game where they got the ball so many different times and, and had the ball for a lot. That, that team offensively is not anywhere near as good as as the national media and, and people up there want to tell you it is, because it's not. It just is not very good. I mean, compare Penn State's offense to Oklahoma's offense. It's night and day, man. Oklahoma would have scored easily 60 against Indiana, if not more, if given all the opportunities that Indi- uh, Penn State's offense was given against the Hoosiers. And mind you, that game was at home. It was at Penn State. It's not like it was in... in um, I'm I'm blanking on where Indiana is. That's really bad. I can't remember where Indiana plays. It's in Bloomington. Bloomington. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm right there with you with Penn State. Um, it's fun. It's it's kind of fun to uh, to talk about the Nittany Lions because you and I are so down on
0: them. So. It is, and you know what? I I will if it if it turns out that I'm that it's something that I'm completely wrong about. I will. Oh yeah, I'll admit it. Crow. I'll admit it. But I just said they just haven't really impressed me a whole lot. Quite. Yet I, I I think Saquon Barkley is really good. I just I really question them everywhere else, and I'll I'll leave it at that for now. And who's you, your number four team. You like?
1: mentioned Michigan's your four team. Uh, still number four for me. My four through one is the same. Ohio State's number four. Ohio State once again another dominating win. The Buckeyes they're the best team in the Big Ten as far as I'm concerned. And again I know I've said it before I'll say it again. The Buckeyes just happen to play Oklahoma. There's there's not a whole lot of teams in the country that would have beaten the Sooners that night. There may be only two other teams in this country that could have beaten Oklahoma, and that's Alabama and Clemson, the two teams that I have ahead of Oklahoma, who I have at number three, and Clemson at two, Alabama at one. Grant, that is your top three as well, I assume.
0: It is. I, I do want to add one little note. Um, I, I think I, I think Clemson is getting is getting dangerously close to being to being in uh in, in Penn State levels of overrated uh the wow the, that's yeah that's a I,
1: shocking statement
0: just I it not that I don't think that Clemson is Clemson's really good had a because great they, resume so cause far. they are and, and they are they are but I just I want people to pump the brakes a little bit with putting them on the same plane right now as Alabama in terms of dominance I just I'm I, I don't see it I know Clemson has has played a really good schedule and they've been really impressive um but I think people need to pump the brakes a little bit, especially on Kelly Bryant. Clemson's defense is absolutely phenomenal. Um, Clemson's offense this year hasn't been very explosive, and um, outside of um, you know, outside of just some kind of some clutch drives at the right times, they've they've kind of been average. Um, so I'm I'm very I'm um, very interested to see what Clemson uh, can do against. You know, I, throwing out that term, the, the elite defense term, because I really think they're going to struggle to move the ball on offense once they actually get to that point.
1: All right, something to watch out for the rest of the year. I uh, that's a I have not heard that take by anybody, so good, good on I, you. I,
0: I, I think they're getting there. They're, I, I think they're really good. I think they should be number two in the country, but I think people need to calm down um, with putting them on the same plane as Alabama. I, I just don't see it yet.
1: All right, Grant, this is the time of the show. We'll go quickly through our picks. Last week, you and I had a had a nice week. We were each four and one. However, your sneaky uh, upset thing that you've been trying to do where you don't really predict it, but then you do try to predict it and take credit for it, you picked Tennessee over Georgia, and that was
0: that was bad. That wasn't even close. Um, I'm glad. I can just stop doing that now, thank God. But I, that's one of those things where, why would I do that? Why would I put Butch Jones in a game of consequence?
1: Well, you, you even like acknowledge that on the show last week and you said that's just that's just what Tennessee wouldn't that be so Tennessee because the fans would that's true. Would be mad about it because then he wouldn't get fired so I mean you even acknowledged it last week so oh well
0: so at least yeah at least I had the self-awareness about it but yeah bad pick
1: on the season I am 18 and 9 and you are 17 and 10 so I've got you by one game so far this this year I you know you said last week that you don't think the games this week are, are really that good I disagree I think there's some good games. yeah there's this some week. good ones
0: there's definitely some good ones I I misspoke a little bit there's 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 certainly some watchable games
1: so we start with a Thursday night game so tonight Louisville minus three and a half at NC State the uh, Louisville is number 17 NC State is number 24. this is a tough one man I it of course there's Lamar Jackson the Lamar Jackson factor but it's on the road at night against NC State who I might be pretty good but at the same time I only watched them against Florida State and Florida State's offense is atrocious so I' Florida State's offense is certainly not Louisville's offense. So, you know what? I'm going to take Louisville on the road to knock off NC State.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I disagree with you. Who are you taking? I'm taking North Carolina State. I think I don't think Louisville's that good, to be honest with you. Um, I don't I, either, but I just yeah. don't
1: think NC State's played anybody, uh, and they haven't seen an offense like Louisville. NC
0: State, they have, they have NFL players on their, on their defensive line. Um, NC State's defense is good. Um, Lamar Jackson has struggled against athletic defenses uh, the last two years um yeah she's going into hostile territory you know nc state's going to be rocking it's a primetime game on thursday night i'm gonna take the wolf pack man
1: all right yeah you've uh, after hearing you talk it makes me kind of second guess my pick but i will stick with it second game lsu at number 21 florida the gators are favored by three there is no way in hell i am taking an ed ogeron team on the road against a team with uh even though florida's not very good either florida's I mean it's it's a team that's not coached by Ed Ed Orgeron and they're at home so I'll take the yeah, Gators. I'll take
0: the Gators too. Uh LSU, LSU's bad, <laughs> man. That sucks. It sucks they yeah. they they lose at home to Troy and then you know they got to go on the road the next week to play, you know, say what you want about Florida, you know, their their offense has just been a total mess for the last basically since Tim Tebow left. Uh but they still, they still play championship level defense, man. I don't know how LSU is going to move the ball on a. Cha-
1: Statistically, though, that defense has hasn't been good that good that
0: this year. Oh, okay.
1: No, no, it really right. hasn't. That's what. So, that's why I kind of stopped myself a second ago when I was like Florida. I was I going to say they play good defense, but really, it, it, their defense. Look at the numbers. I mean, they give up twenty four to Vandy. I mean, Vandy's offense. I don't know, is man. I think I, I think Danny I mean. Etling
0: can make any defense look good. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's still it's not terrible. All right, so we're both taking Florida. This is my – outside of OU, Iowa State, obviously, this is my most um, look-forward-to game of the week. Michigan State at Michigan. Michigan is 10.5-point favorites. I you know, it. I think Michigan's going to win the game. I, I'm more just interested to see how John O'Korn plays, but I think Michigan State's got a darn good defense. And you talk about rivalry games, Grant. If if O'Corn isn't who I think he is, and Michigan State's defense gives him problems – I think the Wolverines could be in trouble, but I don't have the guts to take Michigan State, so I'll take Michigan.
0: Michigan, no hesitation. They're going to blow them out.
1: All right, Washington State, now the number 11 team in the country, goes to Oregon. And get this, even though Oregon's unranked, the Ducks are two and a half point favorites. And that just shows the home field advantage of Autzen Stadium. You know, I I really want to (laughs) take this is going to sound dumb. I really want to take Washington State, but I'm. I'm gonna take Oregon. I, I think Oregon's gonna win at home, because of the hostile environment there and the fact. Get this. Washington State hasn't played a hasn't played a road game yet. They played every one of their games at home, and this is the first yeah. time they've gone on the road against Oregon, who's not a bad team. Oregon's a pretty good team.
0: Yeah, I'll take how the Ducks. Often do you, how often do you go on the road for the first time in October? That's that's, that's, that's pretty weird. Rare. I feel like that actually probably happened. That probably happened a lot back in the day of the old SEC with only eight conference games. I would probably probably happen a lot, but anyway, um, I'll, uh, I'll just go against you on this one and take Washington state. Um, I obviously wouldn't be shocked at all if Oregon won. they're two and a half point favorites, but I think there is some question about the health of their starting quarterback. Um, he may not play. So, um, I'm going to take Washington state, uh, just to go against you. I, 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 I obviously could see Oregon winning. It wouldn't be a big shock if they do.
1: Oh, I didn't know Oregon. So Oregon's quarterback is
0: potentially out. Yeah, I think he's got a, I think he's got a broken collarbone on his non throwing shoulder. Really, Herbert? Yeah. Huh. So that, and you know, I mean, Washington, State, Washington State's well coached, man. You know, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, apparently that, that must not matter a whole lot considering that Oregon's still a favorite in this game.
0: Yeah, although I mean, would it? It wouldn't shock anybody if Washington State loses to Oregon. So it's, you know, their Oregon's a two and a half point favorite for a reason. That makes be think Washington twice. State just yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you can't now. It's in stone.
1: Yeah, they're right. I can't go back on that. That's two picks today where you've talked and then I've thought, "Eh, I don't like that. All right. So last one, I think this is the most, this is the most, um, unpredictable line of the week. I I did not see this coming. Stanford is laying five and a half points at number 20, Utah. I, can you explain this line to me, Grant? Why is Stanford favored in this game?
0: Well, I'm assuming Vegas probably just thinks Stanford is still a more talented team, which they, which you know, they, they assume the law, which they are, I, I would assume. Um, Stanford just is, isn't that great of a team this year, man. I think they've they've proven that. I, but it's it. Also, yeah, got Bryce Love, Bryce Love's running for about three hundred yards a game. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna take Utah just because I think that's going to be kind of like the final dagger in the heart of Stanford. I think people are going to kind of really start to jump off of Stanford's bandwagon now. And of course, you know, hey, I'm a guy who's I'm eating crow. I thought Stanford was the best team in the Pac-12 coming into the season. So they you know their performance this year is kind of. Kind of surprised me a little bit.
1: Well, your uh, your pick of Stanford being better, uh, you know, okay, that that doesn't look good. And then I I also thought LSU was being overlooked, and obviously LSU's not good. So you know that that that's kind of my team. And I thought, and then obviously Kansas, Kansas isn't good either. But does it um, to
0: show you that, that predictions are just a crapshoot, man? That we just we do just them something just to talk something, about, just something to talk about in the offseason. I and mean, we're not we're not fortune tellers. We can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen.
1: I'll take Utah. Utah has to win this game. I mean, they have so much on the line here. I mean. Huge game, they're, for Utah. and they're they're home underdogs. I mean, that's got to be talked about in the locker room a lot. Hey, yeah. you're, at, you're at home, and they don't think they don't think you're the better team here, and you're undefeated, and you're so. And I think Utah's run defense actually isn't isn't terrible. It's actually pretty decently ranked. So I mean,
0: Utah always has a decent defense. So yeah, Utah's got a sneaky good program. Yeah,
1: was it Kyle Whittingham? Is that the head coach there? I believe. Yeah,
0: guy's a good coach. He's gonna he's gonna do a really big job eventually. Yeah. All right. So, wait, did you take Stanford or
1: Utah? I took Utah. Okay. So we're both taking Utah. All right. That's our picks. That's our show. Uh, enjoy OU Iowa state grant. I will be there. I'll be on the sidelines for that one. Bright and early. 11 oh, a.m. Good for you. I'm excited. I'm excited to get back out to Owen field and, uh, put my knee pads on cause you have to kneel in the end zone. Yeah. And it, uh, it definitely helps with, uh, knee pain. So
0: I bet you, bet you get a lot of chicks with those knee pads. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, uh, I, I try to take them off as soon as possible when the game ends. Um, Actually, you gotta, leave, not,
0: you gotta leave. You gotta leave those puppies on. I, the back. thing is,
1: I I keep I do keep them on because you got to go right from the field to the post game press conference. And you know what? If I ever get knocked down or over, my knees are good.
0: My knee yeah, if, or, I mean, or if they,
1: uh, like like a volleyball game breaks out, I'm I'm great. I'm golden, man. Geez, I'll be I'll be you, digging you already, everywhere.
0: You got the knee pads on, or right? maybe they'll just let you just strap a helmet on and get out there and play play some D back. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you know, they'll let you. You never know. Yeah.
1: Well, that's that's for another show. Uh, you know, it's too bad we didn't get video out at the media flag football game. Oh, here we go. No, nope,
0: we don't. We, we don't got time for this.
1: Well, <laughs> there, I mean, there's some still photos out there, but unfortunately, there's no video. But uh, let's just say it was dominant. It was dominant. OK. Can't wait to talk. OU Iowa State next week. We'll be back with reaction on Monday for Grant. I am Lee. This is West of Everest.